the, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Hi everyone and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your weekly podcast all about maybe poisonous lasagnas? Bad guard dogs and mysterious invisible ships. I am your host, Abby, and um, anyone listening from the last episode, you're going to enjoy this because <laughs> Beth and I were planning a very intricate schedule to make sure she got up to her maternity leave and let her cover a bunch of episodes. But if anybody knows what pregnancy is like, curveballs around every corner. Beth has started her maternity leave early. Nobody panic. She is just fine. She is in the hospital, and her and her baby dragon are doing excellent. No one, t- no one to worry, but her maternity leave did start a little sooner than we planned. So we are starting guest co-hosting. You're going to hear from some new names, some old names, some any- anything in between. And I think for the right now, we are also going to unfortunately be moving to a bi-weekly schedule just because this was such a... A crazy shift in the schedule, I apologize, which also is going to mean probably suspension of the Patreon accounts. I don't want you guys paying for something that you aren't getting. So we, and Patreon-wise, we can discuss that on the website about how we want to proceed, but I will probably be leaning towards doing that. So I'm not, you know, we're not taking your money and not providing you any sort of entertainment. Uh, But this should only go on, I would guess, for maybe about two months to get us uh, up up and running, but we will still be covering every single episode. And actually, last week's episode was probably the perfect jumping off point because that was the winter finale. Here comes Cora and Hook, a perfect time to start that break. But I've been talking for a long time. I've been keeping our our poor guest host just waiting while I gab on about uh, housekeeping things. I will bring her on now. I would like to bring in the lovely Beth, or Beth, oh my god. (laughs) I'll cut that out. Apologies to our guest host, Joy, for my just... um, machining through and going through a bad habit hello joy hi abby <laughs> how's it going i'm so sorry no no it's quite all right i got in a zone I, if that if that does out of character if that does make you really uncomfortable we can literally oh no 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 it's going in it. i it's, think it's it hilarious. is it's going in it's <laughs> welcome to me desperately keeping this ship afloat for two months i think uh, it's hysterical no but like yeah back back in it no hi abby <laughs> well, hello today uh, i am your best <laughs> yes, you are my Beth uh, for now and for a couple of episodes, I believe, as we move forward into the great unknown of the second season of Once Upon a Time. Um, so let's like let's just have the listeners uh, find out about you. Like, how did you get into Once Upon a Time? Like, how, what did you 
when what's your history with the show oh sure yeah so uh initially i believe i saw a poster with no we need to go further back so (laughs) (laughs) so uh i have been a fairly big robert carlyle fan for a while i've been with him for a long time and uh he's my favorite woobie and for those of you who don't uh know what woobie means oh my god i'm gonna botch the definition watch it's uh essentially a man who's very good at um needing a cuddle <laughs> oh is essentially what a whoopee is i believe it's named after like a whoopee blanket in quotation marks of so, like something so, that you just cuddle and you want to protect and keep safe <laughs> so I, i'm thinking that this is going to be um by the way uh, dear listeners i believe this is some writing on the wall for some some just dastardly facts we're about to learn about joy later but just so you know (laughs) stay on the edge of your seat it's about to get fun (laughs) (laughs) so what uh what actually happened was i was in manhattan and there was um there was a poster for once upon a time and it was literally rumpelstiltskin in full rumpelstiltskin regalia uh with you know the purple smoke around him and i swear i'm staring at it going that looks like robert carlyle i'm pretty sure that's robert carlyle and meanwhile my friends were like he doesn't do TV. He says that's it. He does movies. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do this. And uh, I was like, "Are you sure?" I mean, okay. And I hadn't even, I didn't even look into it. I basically yeah. forgot about the show for like the whole first season. <laughs> the the early two thousands when none of us were just googling while we stood there. Exactly. Being like, there's no way that's Robert Hall. Like, look, my phone's that's no just way. Like I'd, I couldn't have walking and love our lives. <laughs> I couldn't take out my computer in my pocket. I, I hadn't I hadn't gotten into the habit of doing that yet, um, which probably would have saved me. Although, I will say this: watching the first season in a bingeable fashion was definitely way more entertaining, I think, than waiting for each episode, because oh, I yeah. probably would have slowly gone crazy. And personally, I don't know how you guys have done it with even this rewatch, because <laughs> oh boy, waiting waiting some time between episodes is like murder for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it it's tough. Season one was tough for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I essentially binge season one and then uh, started watching it in earnest in season two every week. Um, and I just really adored the show. Um, I, I Once Upon a Time actually taught me a lot about my um, personal likes and dislikes about shows that I hadn't actually realized. Okay. Uh, for example... I tend to watch a lot of similar shows to this. I'm a big Buffy and Angel fan and and verse in general. I love Supernatural. Um, I'm just I'm I'm really interested in all all the nonsense. I love it. But the funny thing is Once Upon a Time is the first show similar in that vein to really be a soap opera. Yeah. And it made me realize <laughs> That what I like about the other shows is also the soap opera aspects, while also being infuriated by the drama. Oh, yeah. You're just like, oh, this is terrible, but I'm hooked. This is terrible, but I need to know what happens. Will Snow and Charming ever get together? What happened to Catherine? You know, like, I was Tune in next week for As the World Turns. I was invested immediately and fully understood. Like, this show showed me that, oh, my God, I think the thing I do like about the shows is the soap opera aspect. And I had to have like a mini <laughs> come to oh, yeah. my own about that, but mm-hmm. that's fine. That's for a different podcast. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I immediately fell in love with it. I definitely 
um, and I know this is going to be a tonal shift for your show. Brace a, yourselves. I'm a huge, wait for it, rum bell shipper. And I know, I'm sorry, I'm hearing the screams in my head. <laughs> Everyone's screaming at their iPhone, no! <laughs> Unsubscribe, no! No, 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 Flip it's fine. all I, the tables. I, so... So behind the scenes a little bit, uh, Joy and I did not know each other before this started. Uh, so we decided during the week uh, that we were going to get together over Zoom and we were going to talk to each other, you know, get to know each other, uh, flesh out how we were going to do the podcast and everything, uh, which I thought was going to be like a 10 minute conversation. Uh, As we did talked, I. And I we, was like we, 20 minutes tops. Yeah. Uh, we talked for like two hours. We're basically best friends now. Um, we talked about, we got into a lot of stuff. I mean, I started unpacking stuff from college that I hadn't thought about in years. It was a whole situation. And then, yeah, the, the rum bell, uh, shoe dropped and it was a, oh, oh, we're going to have fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're, lu you're lucky yeah. it's me and not Beth because you guys would have gone 10 rounds. Like Beth is oh, so sure. much more, uh, invested in the anti rum, rum bell situation, um, I believe so, your, yeah. your time frame for the podcast probably would have been close to two to three hours, and I'm sure 75% of it would have just been us arguing, like, yeah. yes, they're perfect. No, they're not. Yes, they're perfect. No. Here's 10 reasons why. Well, here's 10 reasons why those 10 reasons are not true. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. And it, like, not only is it my, excuse me, not only is it my favorite ship in the show, it's also, like, the thing that got me into shipping. And I, I hadn't had... Nice. A lot of opinions about previous ships and usually it was like oh yeah it's a canon relationship and everything's cool and whatever mm -hmm. like this made me start writing fan fiction again which hadn't happened since i was a teenager for like the x-files <laughs> fantastic fantastic uh yeah my i i didn't really ship with this show too much like i didn't have like a i just i think i only think that because most of my ships were technically canon like I'm very, very invested in Hook and Emma. Wildly <laughs> invested in Hook and Emma. Mostly because I'm invested in Hook and Emma's blonde like me. So at the same time, you're just like, I can live through this. It's a self-insert. It's fine. It, it's I fine. love I love a good self-insert. Uh, I believe I now, told this podcast a thousand times about my first fan fiction, which I wrote in eighth grade about how NSYNC's bus broke down in front of my house. And then thought they thought I was so cool. They took me on tour with them. And then we were all... Oh my, oh, let, let me tell you, I'm gel pens, uh, fan yeah. fiction in math class. Like it's just the life. Uh, yes. but my, my first foray into like shipping, not real people with myself, uh, was Harry Potter. I was, yeah, I was so aggravated that Luna didn't end up with Neville. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is end game. This is clearly going to be end game. And they're just like, no, all the signs are there. The epilogue shows up and just kicks it all in the teeth. And I'm just like, this is bullshit. Uh, anyway, yes. Perfect. Yeah, no, Shipping. for sure. Like, 100%. I, I wrote, and you can, you can find them if the listeners really want to know. I may even share my archive and let you all see. But, uh, like, I wrote many, many things of Rumbell. And um, it's funny to me because it, it, it's... I had never experienced the thing where I'm like, oh no, is this what it's like? Is this what it's like to stand? Do I stand? I stand. Oh no. <laughs> um, back, when now, be back before standing was standing. Back before <laughs> standing was standing. But I, the funny thing is I think where you and I are going to clash, and uh-oh, we'll see where this goes, is I'm a Neil Emma shipper. 
oh no yes. which i think he shows up in the next episode i saw like the first like it rolled disney plus rolled over and was like the outsider and there's a car coming into town and i was like oh we're getting into neil finally getting by the way neil. we saw him at the first episode and then we have not seen him for like 11 and i'm like i forgot neil existed for a while um but yeah, that is which- by the way uh, how Beth, by the way, found out that I liked Once Upon a Time is because she was live tweeting an episode and sh- it was the episode in which um, bad things happened to Neil. And I, I texted her. I'm like, no, you spoiled the Guinness show. She's like, oh, my God, I didn't think anyone watched this show except for me. I was like, nope, I'm here. So, yeah. So, yeah, she's I think she might be more Neil. I, we'll have to ask her when she comes back. But I think she's more Neil and Emma than Hook and Emma. But I don't I, mean, I don't fair. remember. I don't remember where her allegiance lies in that. But, I I yeah. do believe uh having having had the experience of a of a true of a one true pairing <laughs> <laughs> like Neil showed up and it started uh I believe in the last uh episode episode 9 we really get to see more of Neil and Emma's relationship yeah and how they were good for each other and how they were bad for each other and uh I just really enjoyed the dynamic and like there's you know there's that gif of like i will go down with the ship yeah i was like (laughs) i'm here i'm ride or die this is it (laughs) so to be fair i mean i think i don't know if it's a majority of the fandom i i feel like it's a a good 50 50 split um of neil versus hook for emma uh where they land i will say and again i've mentioned this before but i'll just let you know where i land on this uh the the actor who plays neil uh, was in True Blood. It was the first time I was exposed to him, he and sure I have was. a very, I have a very infantile way of like not being able to some sometimes separate certain actors from certain roles. So when he showed up, I'm like, "Ooh, he bad guy. He bad guy. He gonna do bad things." Uh, yes. You know, oh, oh no, Ruby, run! It's a bad guy. Like, and then it was like, "Oh no, he's supposed to be nice, and he's okay." And, oh, I can't can't reconcile it in my brain for some reason. So I think that might have been, and also a boy in eyeliner. I can't say no. <laughs> I can't say no. <laughs> it's Please. like it's built for me. They had, they yeah. gift wrapped it. They they, they were just like that. There the, there are emo girls everywhere who were just going to look at this man and go, "I ship him with everyone, please. Thank you." I ship him with everyone. Well, it's so it's funny you mentioned that also because for a long time and I think you and I talked about this uh behind the scenes, but uh, uh <laughs> two things. Hook was the um it's called it's referenced in fandom and in the fan fiction world a little black dress where everyone needs a little black dress and Hook literally gets shipped with every single character. And the funny thing is before Hook showed up, that was charming. Yep. <laughs> and which is hilarious to me because it's like charming is so he's complicated, but he definitely has a very action-driven personality and and it doesn't it's not one note, but you definitely know what he's going to do. Yeah. Uh he you know, you know he is a man of action, you know he's a man of like not making a lot of speeches i am here to like save people with my sword and that's yep. what i do <laughs> yep uh yeah which is hysterical to me because it's just like but it's it's not even the complicated character you're just like no charming would be down for everybody everybody in the and yeah, then just showed like, up no, and they were like th- oh no no you oh you. <laughs> listen there's there's an innate there's an innate bad boy gene in all of us yes that when paired so. against a when paired against an, um, um, an action-adventure man you could take home to your mom versus, uh, you know, Hook, who on good days you might be able to do it, but, I mean, he's still wearing eyeliner. His ear is pierced. Like, it's, there's a leather jacket. He's not wearing a shirt. Uh, that He's wearing a V-neck that's dipping down to his belly button. I mean, there's a whole situation. Uh, like, yes, somehow we all pick Hook. 
Like until and no, is, in a lineup, yeah. in a lineup, I would between charming and hook, I would pick hook every time. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, yeah. And again, that's nothing. That's nothing against Josh Dallas. I know Beth and I have kind of ribbed on him a little bit for like in this season. I I know you just binged it, getting ready for. There's so many scenes of him like semi shirtless or showing off his guns or being really active. It was like, boy, he saw Colin O'Donoghue coming a mile away, and he was like, no, 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 I need to be a beefcake. Like I need to allow me to show you my muscles. Here they are. (laughs) So, uh, so that is your background and. getting into the podcast here let's talk about this uh this week's episode which is season two episode 10 cricket game which i'm not 100 percent sure on the name but okay (laughs) i Uh, do i i i understand where they're coming from it with it uh because uh, boy howdy does jiminy um jiminy steps in it a lot in this episode so here we go <laughs> oh yeah poor jiminy uh so what we're gonna do we're gonna talk about the past first we're gonna go back to olden days storybrook um and or storybrook olden days fairy tale land mm-hmm. and uh, enchanted forest et enchanted enchanted forest uh there is a uh a very fiery war going on down the hill and i'm just gonna point out i loved regina's outfit in this because juxtaposed to what she's wearing later like this is like she was ready to i don't know show up and stab somebody she looked like she was semi ready for battle oh but she was a hundred percent ready she had all of her daggers ready in her cloak <laughs> oh yeah she was ready to go like she was wearing like the scales and stuff so she like got her own like version of fancy uh fashion chain mail on and one of her guards comes up with his excellent hat. I will never stop laughing at these hats. I love that they wore them, and then they just doubled down and they wore them for the rest of the the show. Um, yeah, which is which cracks me up because there's there's a level of these guards. Some of them had to have been like King Leopold's people, right? Yeah. So I'm yeah. also sitting here going, so so the evil queen changed their entire outfits, yeah. and some of them signed on for that. They were like, I don't know about her agenda, but look at that hat. <laughs> feather hat. I'm in for feather hat. I'm in uh, for feather so, hat. Yeah, he says he's just like the 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 king has fallen, and and then she's just like, well, where is he? And they're like, we don't know. So that just gives you the hey, he's still alive somewhere. And he's like, but Snow has been separated. She's running back to Charming. Uh, you know, she's leaving, and she's she basically gives the order: keep them separated as long as you can. I'm going in. I will kill Snow White. Uh, which goes very well for her, like perfect to the T. Everything's fine. It's almost surprising how quickly she finds snow in an open plain in the forest. <laughs> like, like it happens. She's like, keep them all apart as long as I can. I'm going in. She's in. She's there. She's in. Snow- she's there. Yeah, she's in. She's there. She's out. Uh, snow trips over a rock. Uh, is in all white regalia, and so you're just like, no, the mud. And uh, Regina's kid, she's like, aha, I caught you. Like, you will never escape me. They do this twice in the episode, and it bothers me every single time, where it's like, yeah, totally. Attack! Like, surprise! The, like, they, she the yells it first. <laughs> she just yells it first. Like, you let the trap spring before, like, it's it's that, I think it's a joke in, like, uh, Despicable Me 2 or 3, where he's just like, laser gun! And she's like, no, 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 you don't say it. Then you pull the laser gun. You pull the laser gun, then you say it. Like, it, you're, you're giving it I'm pretty it all sure it's just, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, like, sneak, but they do that both in the episode. and then I attack. Like, no, 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 the other way around. Get him! And so they, they, they take Regina, and they're going to lock her away. Uh, yes. Because, like, Blue, the Blue Fairy shows up. Um, which, side, quick sidebar, 
uh, do you land, uh, where do you land on uh, blue is shady? <laughs> on how evil is blue? Yeah. On how like much on a, evil does One blue to ten, have? like one the most pure and ten the most evil creature in the world. Where, where, where does she land for you? That's a great, that's honestly a great question. It's complicated and it changes throughout the show, in my personal yeah. opinion. Uh, we haven't gotten there yet, but we will get to badasser fairies. Um, I do think Blue gets a little bit of a bad rap, but honestly, she's really just a bad manager, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like she's got that bad manager uh, affrontation of just like, well, I know exactly what's best. And it's like, but do you? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, she... she wants to bring out the best in her employees and has absolutely zero idea how. She's that manager. And she's the pizza party manager. Just like, oh, are you guys all overworked? Well, I brought in pizza, so I don't understand what you guys are. Yeah, no, I, so. I, uh, I'm, I'm helping. Yeah, I'm helping. I'm, I'm totally part of this team. Uh, yeah, she, she actually, I mean, I know this isn't a blue-centric episode or even, she just sort of shows up in these, just like she's in the background a little bit. Yes. Uh, but I just wanted to ask. Since she, she definitely falls more into the background as the show progresses, which in, uh, to her, except for a few that I can think of offhand, but like to her credit, a lot of her stuff was season one. So like, right. I get it. <laughs> Eventually yeah. the show had to pick a focus and they picked it. So they here got we there. Are. Although uh, so, I do, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I, uh, as to what you're probably about to say about uh, Blue, basically, you know, uh, puts a spell on Regina so that she can't use her powers and she is yeah. essentially paralyzed. Um, I'm literally sitting there just like, and you couldn't have done this for the last, you know, twenty. Right. Five years? Yeah, where's this been? Where you know, has this, like... I, how old is Snow? Ten, 15? 15 years. They, give or take. They, they can't, and then it's just one of those, well, they, they then they start putting all these modifiers on it. Like, well, we can't hold her for long, and we can't this. So, they take her and they lock her away. Uh, they put her in a, a they put her in a, a jail cell with a nice view, by the way, of the courtyard. A beautiful uh, so view. So she gets to, she gets to just sit there and watch the people. She has, like, a very, like, beauty and the beast like i i could just hear it in my head where she's like singing about the townspeople there goes the baker with his like yeah um yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent it's a very lovely view with sunlight and everything and also the worst thing they do to her is they put her in this drab gray dress and they're just like take not allowed any of your finery (laughs) yeah exactly you will be in this frock uh, which it, it's it's a nice from like a costume angle too because it shows how like exposed she is because like it like not literally but it's just like this is the most we see of like like her like upper part of her chest and her neck because usually the evil queen all of that is guarded yeah like, her oh, no, neck her, is usually her guarded clothing, her this is yeah her clothing is a hundred percent her armor um, yes and it's and I think that's evident throughout season one and into season two and even Regina in Storybrooke is much this way also. You know, with her power suits, which I absolutely yes. adore. I, I just, I want to I wanna rock in with, like, Regina clothes and rock a PTA meeting and just be like, yes. I'm here and you will all listen to me because my pencil skirt looks amazing. <laughs> my um, pencil skirt is on point. <laughs> so, so we cut to this, like, King Arthur's roundtable situation of them trying to decide what they're going to do. And I will never get tired of Granny just passive aggressively not really listening. She's just knitting. She's just like, I'm doing this. You guys can, it's just whatever. Like, I don't, I got, I got my hands. I got to be doing something and I'm going to be making this gray blanket. Oh no. Granny has, uh, has reached the, um, what I like to call the like GTFO age where she just, she just, she has no time. She has no yeah. time for your BS. She's fine. She's fine doing what she's doing. 
Yeah, she's fine. She doesn't care. Like uh, to your worker analogy with uh, like managers with uh, with blue. Uh, Granny's definitely that person that's like she's not gonna retire this year, but it's getting close, and she feels getting like she's close. put in her time. She's put in her time. She got a crossbow. What's gonna? You just tell her where she needs to be or not be, preferably, and uh, she'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be fine. She knows exactly um, what she needs to do when she does. When she doesn't, we, she's good. We see the return of of Jiminy's little megaphone uh, because sometimes he has yes. the megaphone and sometimes he doesn't. He has it in this episode. Uh, he does. And it's they they are all discussing what they want to do. And there's a thought. Well, why don't we banish her to another land? And they're like, we don't want to give her to another land. That's insane. Like, why would we inflict our pain on them? So then Charmy's like, that's fine. We'll just kill her. Let's execute yeah. her. Let's murder Char- her. <laughs> Charming Charming is literally just like, well, I guess there's literally no other option. Time for her to die. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I I do think, like, if you think about it from a perspective of the fact that she is just trying to kill Snow all the time. So I think Charming is does, definitely has that meme. And I took that personally. Um, oh, yeah. No. He, because, 100%. Yeah, he Again, wouldn't want to kill anybody else. action. Yeah, exactly. He don't want to kill anybody else for trying to kill anyone else, but, like, you're coming after his wife and soon-to-be baby mama. Uh, you will be eating dirt or swimming with the fishes or something. He gets very mafia very quickly. He's like, no, oh, yes. see you later. Now, yeah, yeah. No, and this is this is also what I mean by how <clears throat> how direct Charming is, which I think it was the, the last episode or maybe the episode before with Whale, where, like, mm-hmm. as soon as he sees him again after learning about uh, Mary Margaret's one-night stand with Whale, he just punches him in the face. It's just straight up. Just like, I'm just going to punch you in the face. <laughs> and then they literally have a two-minute conversation, two-second conversation about, like, oh, that's right. I did sleep with your wife. We were cursed? Yeah, I know. What did you come here to talk to me about? <laughs> I That's such a, like... That's such, like, a really, like, what I would consider, like, a stereotypical kind of thing, but I did really enjoy it, where it was, like, it's a dude thing. I gotta punch you, and then we're all gonna move on, like. Oh, no, the, That was fair, that was fair. Uh, <laughs> no, I love that moment of, so much. There's a lot of, uh, I do feel for him, because I do think Charming has this, like, he has depth, and he has, you know, as a character, he has this sort of complicated past, uh, and he's had to be a lot of different people, so I totally get it, but there is definitely a stereotypical dude aspect well, because him. at no point does, like, Snow doesn't punch Catherine in the face at any point. Nope. And Although Catherine does slap her. Well, yeah. Does just slap see, her that's throughout the fair. school. Because Catherine, Catherine and Charming 100% slept, to, or David, rather, 100% slept together way more than a one-night stand. So, I, honestly, if someone's going to be punching somebody. But obviously, Snow would never do that. As we learn in this episode, uh, more about Snow's personality. She's very forgiving. Um, and she's not on board with the whole execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we cut to, uh, they, they lead her into the square. They're going to kill her by a firing squad of arrows, which I think is brutal, <laughs> is a mess. Uh, yeah, and, um, I, yeah. I sure hope your, your, uh, firing squad is like really super good at aim. Cause otherwise that's a very long death over a very prolonged period of time. Like that's, yeah. no one wants that. <laughs> yeah. Only Katniss Everdeen can kill someone and like they're dead, like before the arrow hits. Like it's just exactly. Like a, but they've got, like, f- five guys shoot the same arrow, and it was just like, I've had, like, three of them miss. Right? It's This is a cool scene. I like the scene. Like, this had a very, like, Game of Thrones feel to it to me, like, early seasons of Game of Thrones, where it's like, mm-hmm. the king and the queen are sitting here, and the people are gathering, and we just keep getting shots of, like, the townspeople who are upset, but they just definitely want to see Regina die. And then Rumple sort of, like, cruising around. Just in with there. His hood. In his He's cloak. Which, by the way is hilarious to me because I understand the audience needs to know it's Rumple. 
Yeah. But like there were better reveals. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. he is definitely, you can see his face like a thousand mm-hmm. percent. This 100%. is like the dark one who, you know, ravages the land from time to time, occasionally kills people on a whim. And he's just like, just came here to watch an execution. Well, yeah, but he's also just like, oh, who cares? Like, what are they going to do? Point out that it's me and then they're all going to kill me too? No, I am the dark one and I will do what I want. And I will do what I want. So (laughs) the dark one is definitely the Loki of this series. Yeah. He, so then they're like, okay, well, do you have any last words? Uh, Just the scene before, which I'm now realizing I glossed over, uh, but uh, Regina's dad comes to see her and says, you know, show them that you can change. Please, yeah, please, please, please. I, I don't want you to die. Essentially pleading for her to repent. Uh, yeah. Because I do think, and and the, the even though she is in a very nice jail cell, but the, the uh, fact that she is caught and is about to be executed, I do think the weight of that is very heavy in the show, and they give it the weight it needs. Um, mm-hmm. With him just being like, I, I love you very much. And she yeah. basically says the same back. Um, yeah. And how, how, like, if you just repent, they'll let you go. Snow and Charming are good people. <laughs> They're little softies. If you show that you have changed, they will, they will, they will stop. They will stop. Um, and this is a very, it was a very nice moment, too, because they were both, like, just very raw in this. Because, like, the dad, take him or leave him, like, he, he does love Regina. Like, he follows her. He's a little bit of a doormat. But, and then, but he does show up to the execution. He's one of the faces in the crowd. You're just like, could you just, like, well daughter's getting murdered i just better be there for it it's like can't be late it's like it's the it's that very like this would be a line that cora would would have said had she been there she's like well i was there when you came into this world i'll be there when you be there when you get taken out oh no oh yeah um so so it's uh (laughs) hopper shows up and is just like or jiminy shows up and is just like okay regina here's your chance to go out um with a clear conscience which i'm sure she's very concerned about um, what are your last Very words? About. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's top on her list. Oh, God. She's probably so I've been thinking about this. And so it's a tease because it sounds like she's about to say she's very sorry. She can change. She's so sorry for all of the damage she's inflicted. No, 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 no. That's not what, what I, she, give, give your take on what, what she said. I mean, my, my, my favorite thing about Regina is her bait and switch, which I think she's the only one to actually perfect it on this show. Uh, she's, sh- I mean, we're only in the middle of season two and like you see it constantly in season one of her being able to lull people into this sense of security with her where she can convince them that like, not necessarily repentance, but definitely a, I, I believe strongly this thing. And then two seconds later, she will turn on a dime and be like, I can't believe you thought that I believed this thing. So right. she definitely sets this up very well in, in beautiful evil queen fashion of, uh, you know, I think back on everything that I did and damn it, I wish I did more. <laughs> you know, I could have killed so many more people. I, you know, I was restrained, honestly. I'm sad that I didn't kill each and every person in this audience. Like, it's, she just goes, she goes for it. <laughs> yep, and everyone's just like, oh, no. And then Charming gets fed up with it and just screams fire. And so, the interesting thing is next to him, Snow is, has this pained look on her face. Like, yeah. she's not upset, exact, per se. But she definitely has this, like, uh, this this look of, like, this is not the woman I know. Yeah, and she's just like, this isn't, this isn't the woman I know, and this is also not how I want to handle things in my kingdom. 
so she yells she yells stop and blue very quickly stops the uh, the the arrows with her magic yes and by the way which i would hire blue to be at all executions if there yeah. was like a last minute stay yeah no, she would have absolutely 100% saved Alexander Hamilton. Like, Aaron oh, would have screamed, wait, and they just... Just like, puff the smoke. <laughs> just puff the smoke. The bullet's gone. Um, bullet's gone. Bullet's gone. So they decide they're going to take uh, Regina to her cell. And she's like, no, this isn't what we're doing. You, you take her. Like, get her out of here. Um, yeah. The scene with her and Charming I really like because, <clears throat> for, for better or worse, this is setting up a lot of the what heroes do... Um, through mm-hmm. line that we get for the rest of the show and she's just like you can't kill her like that's not what we do we don't we don't execute <laughs> he's just like what's the difference like i know she was gonna we were gonna assassinate her or she was gonna assassinate you or something like that so we're gonna execute her it's different words have different meanings snow yeah I, and I, she's like and no it, he definitely <laughs> keeps trying to drive home this um and i i do think i think we uh skipped uh, a previous line between the two of them, which I really like, which is um, Snow is surprised when Charming says, we're going to kill her. Like, let's just mm-hmm. execute her. And Snow is extremely surprised by this and basically says, you saved her life by jumping in front of an arrow that I shot that was definitely going to kill her. Like, yeah. what is this change of heart? And his stance is literally just, I was saving you. I was not saving her. And right. I think Snow does not have that different, different no, di- <laughs> does not have that thought in her head of right. like, no, this this is not the way we do things. I know she's tried to kill me for I don't know, whatever. Time is meaningless, flat circle. Yeah, yeah. but no, like, <laughs> she's been trying to kill me for at least my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you know, she doesn't see it as like this getting rid of a nuisance which right. i think is really where charming is coming at it from and yeah. i also love them talking to each other because i really enjoy their relationship conversations yes like i like that they talk about things and i like that they're like you have this opinion and i have this opinion um but we need to come to some kind of consensus here because that's you know, we're in a relationship and that's how this works. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's one of those things that I find that, like, when my when I first watched it, I kind of probably could have taken it or leave, left it, you know, because I was in my early 20s, sure. oh, whatever. But now as a person who's in a relationship and knows that this is, like, that's the meat and potatoes of a relationship. Like, their relationship oh, yeah. is not built over, like, horse races and, like, who's going to find who and who's going to do everything. It's those conversations. Like, if you can't have those conversations, you're not in a relationship. Um this you will need to have like, these difficult yeah. conversations. You need to yeah. know where you stand on on bigger issues, and and yeah. we will see that later in these in this episode when we go back to Storybrooke also. But right. um, I just really love whenever they try and like find a common ground because I'm just like, oh yeah, no, that's a, that's it, that's a, that's every conversation. Oh, yeah. relationship. And and she says a word that that I was thinking. Um, she says, "You don't think we can rehabilitate her?" Like so. Snow is definitely taking one of those, well, we don't have to kill her. We can just, we can make her, like, we can train her to be better. Like, I knew her before. Yeah. And she I know has that in her. She has the capacity for good. Yeah. And the fact that she has that capacity is what drives Snow. Because, yeah. because Regina did save her life. 
She was on a horse running wild in, you know, in an open plain, and Regina saved her from what was probably definitely going to be like a broken neck off that horse. Uh, And she, that's the Regina she remembers, not the evil queen. Yep. So, so this cuts to um, Snow going down to the courtyard and running into Rumple, and she's just like, because of course he's stuck around to gloat. Exactly. He's like, I'm here, and like. He has this whole, like, he just, as we learned in, like, the last couple of episodes, he just plays all of the field in order to just win what he can. Like, whether he's gaining ground or not, who knows? But he's going to be there when giant milestone things are happening. Um, I yeah. do also wonder, and it's it's never made clear, and we will never know, but my personal headcanon is that uh, I... I war with myself as to whether or not he has actually met Belle at this point or not. In my brain he has to have because of what happens later. So in my head, he's like, sure, I would love to see her dead. No problem. I'm here to watch the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with you because um like when, when she runs into Belle, she is in full queen regale mm-hmm. regalia or whatever and she's like on the Queen's road and doing all that stuff. So I think that that's be- before she ends up ultimately being banished. Um, that's what I, I mean, that's what I would argue. I mean, feel free, anybody, uh, someone to come on the Facebook or tweet at me and tell me that I'm wrong. Cause I, I, understanding the timeline blows my mind sometimes. Um, yeah. Oh no. It, well, they leave holes on purpose, which is fine right. because sometimes they fill in right. those holes, but it leaves the audience going, when did that happen? Wait, what's <laughs> going on? What? Um, so, but yeah, so they, they talk together and uh i particularly love that snow is like what are you doing here and rumple is like i came here to watch the queen die didn't you <laughs> isn't that why wait, wait, isn't that here. why uh she's like no no what are you talking about and he's like yeah uh interesting and he's like holding up the thing that they used to blindfold regina and he's like how about we test her and see if she has the capacity for good um it's probably fine and she's like yeah yeah yeah. listen magic has a price and he's like uh it's, it'll even out it's probably fine let's not talk about it also, and can we talk real quick about the fact that Rumpelstiltskin has prices for nearly everybody, except for Snow and Charming. Yeah. He's just like, just give me give me these two strands of your hair, I'm good. Leave your cloak. Everyone, it's like your firstborn child. Yeah, yeah, Rumpel's just like, I, I'm gonna need a second mortgage on your home, I'm gonna need your children, I would like land, like everything. It's like, Snow and Charming, ooh, what do you got? Like, got like a five spot or something? I'll take a crisp, crisp five dollar yeah. bill. Just uh, your smile is enough just, for me. A, a smile. It's just two pence. Yeah, he he just he has such a soft spot for them, but I think he also just knows how much he can play with them mm-hmm. because they are, uh, you know, this is a conversation about the, like, the, the hero versus the villain who's stronger thing, but it's just like there's such an open vulnerability to both of them that yes. literally everyone in the show knows. They're just like, show compassion, Snow will let you go. And it works. They're all the, showgers the for time. The like <laughs> I know. And and so he's just like, no, like, look, like, why don't we, why don't we test her? And they never kind of get to the like whether she agrees or not, because uh, they it's just. It's true. It does kind of just cut away. So they it cuts to what I think was really funny was uh, like snow comes up the chamber like, and I love Regina so much because she's in a jail cell before cell phones or computers so what is she doing she's watching the wax in her candle just spinning it around like i'm so bored i'm so bored 
Uh, and yeah, Snow comes up and she's just like, leave us. And the guard's like, um, excuse me, Prince Charming told me that I'm free. She's like, okay, well, I told you to leave. So you can leave, please. Thank you. Are you saying I am not equal to my husband? Get Or fiance at this point, get the hell out of here. And he's like, oh, shit, I gotta go. <laughs> Scares the bejesus out of that guy. I know. And I'm just sitting there going like that, that, oh boy. Like, I mean, and here's where the writers are just like, this is how you know we're setting up the next line of dialogue because no way would a guard be like, what do you mean, Princess Snow, that I should not stand? You know what I mean? Like, if a king or a queen gives you an order, you're going to follow the next one. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, technically, I mean, everything gender neutral, technically Snow is more the queen to be like she has the more power than charming does it's just especially since they've been fighting king george like king george 100 percent disowned his giant air quotes son but like yeah no so so he leaves which of course sets up regina to be like is there trouble in paradise oh no what's going on (laughs) are you questioning your husband to these orders and i'm just like oh dear (laughs) is his is his is his bloodlust not turning you on uh and and snow just basically like it's a little rehashing just basically to tell 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 regina some stuff like i know there's good in you i saw there was good in you so i'm gonna let you go i'm gonna go let you go rehabilitate yourself out in the world and everything's fine and she's got a little knife up her up her sleeve so she opens it up i love regina does it i love that she like i'm i'm letting you go comes after opening up the cage which is literally the opposite of like we've sprung a trap yeah so she opens up the door regina's just like cool like just like walks out like a curious animal coming out of a cage like oh i'm free i have no plan this is gonna be great comes and out no one's and, in the hallway <laughs> and basically then it's just like okay cool i guess i'm gonna murder snow now chokes her holds her up against the wall snow tries to take her knife out uh <laughs> Regina pushes her hand up so she can't, you know, stab her, takes the knife, then stabs her with her own knife, which, again, poetic as hell, because this is, this is one of those moments where you're just like, I bet Regina can be re- rehabilitated, and then she takes her knife that was meant to kill her and kills Snow back. Yeah. Damn, man. Which I'm like, also, wow, Snow, way to, way to renege on that real fast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so... It's just one of those, they pull the knife out. The knife isn't actually bloody. She's like, ah, I'm not dead. Because Charming comes running out and be like, ha ha, bamboozled. You, you are bad forever. And I love, I love Regina's face. Like, what is, so what's happening? Uh, and, and, <laughs> and it, is, just it like, is definitely that. It's just a, you tricked me. I've been and tricked I'm just like, again. That literally happened like two days ago. We tricked you also two days ago. Dang it! Just ah. uh, and 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 they basically just they drop this really big bomb on it of being like, oh, we took your hair from the mask. Rumple made a protection spell. You can now no longer harm either of us, <laughs> comma in this realm. Like that's comma the modifier. Because <laughs> this is the modifier here that was put in there, and this is the price. That is the price, by the way, that they had to pay. They had to pay for that that little modifier. Uh, that modifier being put into the protection spell, which they have no idea. They think, uh, what, another realm? Um, I I will say that I would argue that maybe Charming doesn't know that there's another realm. But at this point, I'm pretty sure he's already gone to Arendelle to learn sword fighting. I was just going to say, I was like, he may know. <laughs> he may know. So we may I don't, know. 
I don't know if they they and they might just not realize that you know like that they're setting up the curse also like my favorite part of like realm is like in their kingdom like it's 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 an open sort of word that you could even argue is like well within their kingdom is it technically their realm you know where they reign sort of thing I love the um, idea that Rumple's like at his home studying words and thesauruses and being like, "I'm going to learn every in and out and every trick of a contract." I can the fine points of a deal, yes. <laughs> uh, so basically, now they have a they have a protection spell on them, so they can yes. no longer be hurt in that realm. And then they and then Snow. This one broke my heart because Snow banishes Regina and just says, "You're banished from this realm, and if you ever hurt anybody in my in my realm again or whatever, I will I will kill you." And she sounds yeah. so upset. I know. She's so upset. Oh, she is. She is. I think she is genuinely betrayed in that moment because it's, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking to. And again, we'll see this later in the episode. It's heartbreaking to believe in someone and then have them disappoint you. Yeah. And for you to be the mouthpiece for their, for their, I should stop doing that. For <laughs> you to be the mouthpiece for their, um, uh, redemption. And then to basically just be to to prove everyone else right is is extremely disheartening. And I think you know I think that moment is that moment for Snow. That moment is her being like, "You will never, you yeah. will never be anything else but the evil queen." Right. And that's because that, that was a big thing that she did. That that I don't think Regina quite possibly understood, but it was still like one of those when you're trying to stand up to a person that like just. It, it it's such a like toxic family thing too where it's like no 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 mm-hmm. no i know my mom has been kind of a bitch to you before I, come home with thanksgiving for me and we talked it's probably going to be fine and then you get there and you find out that she's just like going to ignore your allergies and try to feed you peanuts anyway like it's yeah no like, and that's 100 yeah. percent what it is it's like the most relatable content for any person who does have a family member like that where you're just like you know, they're making an effort, they're really trying, or they have tried before, and I don't want to abandon them when they need my support. But to have that support sort of thrown back in your face like that is definitely Snow having her, like, having her, having her moment of, like, that's it, that's it. I gave you so many options. Yeah, which, which, again, so many choices, I mean. Well, yeah, choices, options, like, you had so many, like, I, 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 this is why you're not dead already. Like I tried to support you, uh, but I mean, you know, without putting a big timestamp on when we're when we're recording this or to, to to get super political or anything, I have a feeling a lot of people have had conversations like this, like in recent, you know, where it's just like, no, no, no I knew Months, you before years. you turned into this. You have the capacity to go back to that. You and have try the different. capacity to. We are uh, yeah. change your way of thinking. Yes, you can just please. please yes, so. They banish her. She is banished to a giant castle. Um, yes, she's banished literally to the castle, like her, like her castle, like King Leopold's castle, like, uh, like, like in the context damn. of the show, it's like the house arrest in the mansion in Beverly Hills. That's like, exactly what it is. That's all the cele- that's all the celebrities in the beginning part of the you know like we're in this together. I'm like, excuse me, no, we're not. I am in a different <laughs> no, house than you are. No, thank you. Which I think is hilarious because I believe that means that Snow and Charming go to King George's castle because I guess he's disappeared it now or something. Yep. So it's he's just hilarious to me that it's like, and now she's just in this castle with all these servants and all these guards and this mirror. Oh, it's a tough to. life. And her Such dad. Like, life. Oh. 
speaking of her dad, so she's standing there and she's just all mad. She's like, mm. And she's wearing a killer bomb dress. Love this bomb dress. Got her big old ponytail. And her dad. That's one of the velvet it. ones, right? The velvet yeah. ones always kill me. I love it. She, she So my favorite part of this is her poor dad. I love how like it's easy to like hoodwink her dad. So he's just like, you have a guest. And he gestures to one side, but then Rumple appears to the other side. And he's like, oh, um. And then he just leaves. Like, he's like, sorry, I gotta go. Like, I apologize. <laughs> I know, like, you know, I mean, both of us having watched the entirety of the show, like, there has to be a lot of history between her father and Rumpelstiltskin. Like, oh, oh my god. And I'm oh just God. like, it, it cracks me up every time that he's just like, I, I don't know. He hoodwinks me every time. I don't know what to tell you. Like, uh. it's it becomes that moment of, like, you always expect, that, like, Commissioner Gordon to be like, and Batman, not knowing where he's going to appear or where he's going to disappear from. Right. That's exactly. He just, he definitely has that, like, oh, that sweet boy. He doesn't have a thought between his eyes. Like, it's just, right. he's just like. He's just existing, waiting for someone to tell him what to do. Like, that's why that's why he was with Cora. Like, because Cora told him to be with her. And she was like, okay, can do. And he was like, you got it. You got it. <laughs> why would I say no? Uh, and so Rumple's there and basically says, hey, guess what? They're, you know, protected, but in this realm. And she's like, ooh, okay. I got to get ready. I have to go to a wedding. Get my carriage. You have a carriage? Like, <laughs> do you have a carriage? We have a carriage. I have a carriage. I often, get, I often get banished from realms with, like, all of the uh, lifestyle, the like, <laughs> everything that I've ever dreamed of and wanted. Uh, like, I, like, if they really wanted to torture her, they would have banished her with a bunch of, like, three doors down t-shirts and a pair of ripped jeans. Like, here, you're gone. You don't get to wear anything else. We took all of your dresses. We've donated them to needy children. Uh, so, she, and that's her going to go to the wedding. Uh, that's yeah. where they kind of cut that. That's how they timeline it and tell us where we're at. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that is the, uh, pre, uh, wedding crash scene that we were yes. missing. I love um, the wedding crash. I know we've talked about this so many times, but I love the wedding crash where she like walks in and does that like walking on a does. treadmill thing. Everyone does. It is, oh, God, so I think the, the best, I, I think that moment, uh, just to take us out of the storyline for a second, I do think that moment in fandom was was what solidified a lot of us into really loving this show. Yeah. Because I don't think any of us ever fully expect the bad guy to actually crash the good guy's happy ever after. I love it. I love it so much. It's just that, what's that meme where it's just like, you know, everyone wants a fairy tale romance, but when I show up and crash their wedding and curse their firstborn, suddenly I'm an asshole. <laughs> suddenly it's me. Oh, suddenly it's all about me being awful. Uh, so let's let's jump forward, move to Storybrooke. Uh, basically exactly yes. where we left off. Apparently no one saw this ship on the horizon. Uh, and Hook and Cora depart from the giant ship with a very large metal... Uh, the, the, the docking situation was confusing to me, but I tried right. not to think about it too the terribly gang, much. The gangplank stairwell... <laughs> like... Is- this ship, this ship is the high, like the most, most up to date that uh, the Enchanted Forest has to offer. It's got everything. <laughs> yeah, um, just, just to, just to speak to current memes and things like that. Um, I'm gonna need someone to make a Once Upon a Time sea shanty that, uh, that Hook and his crew would be singing because it's all I've ever wanted in life. Oh my god. Uh, just, I would just, pay just money. a, just a sea shanty about like hunting crocodiles. Fantastic. Um, I mean. Up- 
He yeah. gets a song later, but that's for a later podcast. That's a later, yeah. <laughs> that's a later episode. It's a future, it's a future us discussion. Uh, we so the, this whole scene is just a hoot, and it's only like a minute long because Hook's like, "All right, I guess we're gonna see you later." And Cora magics herself in front of him, and she's like, "Guess how I did that?" And he's like, "Shit, there's magic." Yeah, and I I do love how instantly he's like, "Well, that means Rumpelstiltskin has magic." And I do also love how Cora is just like she, you know, she gets a magic tingle like as soon yeah. as they hit Storybrooke, and she just Ooh. like knows what's up. <laughs> she's got the she got the thing. It, it it it's that laugh that I always associate to um to Lion King, the original mo- like the original cartoon where it's just like Mufasa, Ooh. like Ooh. say it again, Mufasa. <laughs> Uh, and and so like this poor dock worker just shows up and he's like hey cool ship and Cora's like awesome and turns him into a fish i know and it's it's so nonchalant like just just like uh and you as you as you have me uh as a hopefully as a continued guest on the show but like as you as you hear more from me there will definitely be a level of like i love villains who are just mean yeah (laughs) They're oh, not no, necessarily yeah, vindictive for actual reasons. They're just like, oh, here's this person who literally has seen our ship. And like, okay, I guess the curse is broken because he said something about like, who were you in our land? And I'm like, nope, you've seen too much. I'm going to turn you into a fish. Like, I, I also love the idea that not everybody knows who everyone is. Like, even oh, though yeah. they're in even full human form. Even though they look exactly form. the same. Like, like I love that they don't like that, that. There's not like a newsletter that's just like, "Hey, this is who all these people are." Like everyone knows who Snow is because like they've posted pictures. Like, Charming just kind of looks like your generic white guy, but like it's true. you would know Hook if you'd ever seen him. You definitely know Cora, although I I feel like anyone that knows Cora is either like immediately murdered because they are not useful to her, or they are part of her like uh, whatever, like part of her yeah collection so, of stuff. <laughs> so she so she has so much magic in this land now, she can now also disappear the entire ship, which I think is a very funny effect that we see later of them just, like, blindly walking onto the ship. Like, I'd have missed. I'd have missed and ended up in the water. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. A hundred percent. Like, and, and uh, I did, and we see this happen later. Uh, in a later episode, but I do love that there's a there is a thing that happens when you board a ship sometimes that has that kind of weird step gangplank situation. Mm-hmm. It's fine. We're gonna hand wave it. But like you can actually toss some like sand onto it so that you don't slip if it's wet. And they literally do that later in the show, which I think is really cool because it's just like, wait, where's the stairs? And they just fuck a bunch of sand I- at it. <laughs> I do like I do like the show does this a lot where it's just like clearly someone either writing the show or working in the props had like random knowledge of this yes. specific thing. Uh, but sometimes none of them have any information. And so it's just completely just blindsided with no- nonsense. Um, it, it doesn't so, matter. It's all it's all fine. So so they decide, well, we're going to go hunt down Regina and we're going to go see if she's broken yet. I know, like it's got some kind of like chicken timer on when Regina can be broken or yeah, not. She needs world. to be broken. She needs to... So, so Regina is headed to uh, the surprise party. Um, my favorite part of this entire episode, ever out of everything, I don't know why, but this made me just genuinely guffaw. It's when you go into Granny's. It's this big sign that just says "Welcome back." Mary Margaret, and then a little sign hanging underneath it, and Emma. Like, it's just like they <laughs> forgot Emma was coming, too. They were just so excited that Mary Margaret slash Snow White is coming back. Also Emma. Like... <laughs> I do I do think it's one of those things where, like, you can definitely tell who the friend was first. 
right? Yeah. Like you can sometimes you just have those friends where it's like, well, I met so and so first, mm-hmm. and then I got to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you it, know, Mary def- Margaret, I've known for my entire life, but you know, Emma's it, cool. I've known her for it, a year. <laughs> it had such a Gilligan's Island to it. Just be like, welcome back, Mary Margaret, and company, and Emma, like, and company, and guests, etc., <laughs> etc., yada yada yada, like you know, whatever. So they go, Although they a, I do think, oh, uh, and not to not to rewind too much, but you actually skipped over one of my favorite parts in this episode, which is Emma and Henry go out to uh, make like buy ingredients to cook something for this thing, and they buy taco ingredients, come back, and oh. Snow and Charming are in bed so, together. <laughs> so I I will just let you know I sometimes just forget entire scenes. And oh no! Almost that's every fine. episode, Beth has to point out something I've yada 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 over, <laughs> and I've actually yada 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 over the yada 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 part. Um, yes. <laughs> oh no! This yes, scene... and it's not it's not integral to the plot, although it will be in a second. But there's uh there's a beautiful moment where Emma essentially is just like, um, what? And they're like, well, we thought you would be gone longer, and it's like, well, I wasn't. So put a freaking tie on the door or something. And then she has this moment of like. I am berating my grown adult parents mm-hmm. about having some fun <laughs> at home uh, while I and my son were out of the house. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to go make some tacos, just, which is one just, of my favorite lines. But, in life. So the best part about that, though, is they're going to go make tacos. It is an open concept apartment. It is like I a know. studio apartment. There's no they door. can't get out of that bed. Until you leave. Like, you just, let's maybe go to a different location so that they will be able to get out. No, we're going to make tacos. Your just gross selves can take care of yourself. Midday sex. Who are you? Like, <laughs> ew, you gross me out. Like, I love it so much. And and, it's just and a- charming and just a, the crassest I think we ever see him just being like, I'm so glad we can still, like, traumatize her this late in the game. <laughs> I, I, I love that scene so much. Uh, it, it was cute. It was adorable. And just yes. like, they're so their their chemistry together is so beautiful and I love it. And this scene was just one of those, you warm your heart. And it's just like a nice little moment of being like, also Henry being like, why are you still in bed? It's the middle of the day. Yeah. Like, no, Henry I, being completely clueless is another thing I needed, that I love about that scene. I needed rest. I, I needed to help her rest, yeah, which I believe like is she, what Charming says. I needed to help her. Yeah. Like I needed to help to her sleep. When, Honey, you have to understand when two Power Rangers fight, sometimes like it's just like <laughs> yeah. So I'm, but yeah, I'm so when for so, yada yada yadaing over. So the no, best no, 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 that's fine. Episode. That's fine. Which brings me to uh, their surprise party when Regina does actually show up, and Snow is like, "Uh, what's she doing here? Don't yeah. you think you should have run this by us?" And literally Emma being like, "I couldn't. Y'all were in bed together. It mm-hmm. kind of didn't come up." <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was gonna mention it, but you were nude. But you were uh, in the nude. You were in the nude. Gross. Uh, <laughs> so she shows up. She's, Emma's like, like oh, we invited her, and Regina's like, I made lasagna, and I, I love, by the way, that Regina in this cursed world, like we never see her cook. In, no. st- in the fairy tale land. Right. Do yes. We? Sorry. Yeah, but when she always is making like frittatas and she's making you know she makes the thing that poisons henry ultimately the, oh what was it it was like a, a turnover An apple turnover yeah yeah and she she's making lasagna and i think at one yeah. point she makes like maybe i'm thinking about the turnover again but i feel like she made like a calzone or something she makes a lot of italian food like she definitely makes a lot of italian food i think they're i think they're capitalizing on you know lana herself just being like 
just being like, well, here we are. This is this is the world we built for She's ourselves. Just like I am the perfect mother. Yeah. And I do, I love the idea that if she built into her curse that, like, I will be the perfect happy homemaker businesswoman. (laughs) I know. She's like, I will be a woman who has all, all of it. I get all of it. All of it. How could Um, this go wrong? I did, like, you know, you mentioned, it's so funny, because you mentioned, like, Granny being done, like, just done with it. Granny has another one of my favorite lines in this episode, (gasps) and I actually wrote it down, and now I can't remember where it is. Yes, so Emma comes in having cooked tacos. And since she was just in the Enchanted Forest and is just like, I was so happy to like cook something that I didn't have to catch first. And yeah. Granny literally says, Meatloaf back home was a bitch. <laughs> first of all, I love the idea that like people are making meatloaf over an open fire. In the Enchanted Forest. I made meatloaf. I mean, obviously, first of all, if she was still living with Ruby, it was probably a lot easier. Like Ruby is just dragging home. Uh, honks, dragging honks home of a, meat. Yeah, here, here, mom. Here's the or here, Grammy, gr- Granny. Here's the stuff that I didn't eat. Like, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh uh, thanks. You know, it's just, it's just like you're just gonna just dust some of that dirt off because I had to drag it all the way here. Yeah, I love that line so much and the idea of like enchanted forest meatloaf. Like, I know. <laughs> I'm just I'm both fascinated and horrified, and I don't know which one is winning. <laughs> like, there's like the the blind witch who's making like candy and all that other stuff, and it's like okay, I and also children. Get, like, and the children. children she cooks for her, the candy uh, is for which, her which means that there's, like, maybe a world in which she made a, a, a this is disgusting, and I'm sorry, but now I'm, like, a child meatloaf. Right? <laughs> well, I we mean, can't look, always be eating. It was, like, sometimes you want a good Midwestern snack exists, like meatloaf. If meatloaf, it's canon now. Meatloaf but, exists in the Enchanted okay, Forest. So this is completely off topic, but I, I don't know how you make meatloaf, but the way my mom always made meatloaf. Um, first of all, like we had the Midwestern kind of meatloaf where the sauce on top mm-hmm. was like um, sh- brown sugar, ketchup, mustard, uh, like I think Worcestershire sauce, stuff like that. But yeah. like in it, you put in two eggs and then you put breadcrumbs and onions and all this stuff. It would take a lot of resources in the Enchanted Forest to make a meatloaf. It sounds real bougie from Fairytale Land, but it's just like a staple around here. I mean, like, I think this is the moment where like the the we are both comes in. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that moment of, like, I've made something similar. Like, yeah. I've made a stew. Yeah. And it's, like, it's literally meatloaf. Yeah. Like, it's basically just, meat, the meatloaf just the of re- story, bro. The, just the resources needed to make meatloaf in, in, in Enchanted Forest would be, phen- like, astronomical. Astronomical. But, like, which this is, is why I love Granny. <laughs> oh, my God, Granny. She's just like, yeah, yeah, I always had to. Which, yeah, it's a bitch. What do you mean? You've got a, 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 a carnivore daughter or a granddaughter who can go hunting. You also have a crossbow. Seems pretty simple. Seems pretty simple to me. <laughs> uh, so, but on that conversation, we cut to Regina, who is trying to just be very nice and give everybody some lasagna. And yes. then there's Grumpy, who's just like, what's your ingredient? Is it poison? And she's like, no, it's red pepper flakes. And he's like, okay. And he eats it anyway. He's and he like, eats it yeah. anyway. He gives it a little sniff first. Yeah, he's like, he makes yeah. sure. Make sure and it doesn't smell like, like almonds or something. Yeah. <laughs> And this is, like, this is where I get particularly sad for Regina because, you know, she tries. She comes, she brings, you know, she brings a dish because it is, like, a potluck surprise party, which I don't even know how that works. It's fine. Like, it's funny also because I almost wonder, like, what did Snow think as they were cooking tacos and then brought them to Granny's? Yeah. We're taking tacos to Granny's. (laughs) We're taking tacos to Granny's. Like, I propose nothing. But, uh, like, she cooks this lasagna. Everybody obviously enjoys it because we definitely see a shot of an empty dish. And yeah. we actually have 
which is like this shows you how insane I am about the show. We actually have like canon charming as David Nolan being like, God, you make a great lasagna or whatever it was. <laughs> I like his little toast. So he makes a toast. Yeah. They're all drinking beer out of their little like I love these I love these beer glasses, by the way. I think they're fa- yes. fantastic. Uh so there he's holding it up and he's just like and he makes this great little speech. He has such like a cool politician way of talking a lot of the times because he just has that dopey dad running for like local office mode where it's just like Snow and I have this saying between us and he kinda like looks around and like nods like, Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, we always say that we'll find each other. And he raises his glass. He's like, here's and I have to do that for a little while longer. And everyone cheers. It's just like, that's the speech. That's, that's the speech. It. And this is like, this is why Snow does most of the talking. <laughs> like, I, just, do, like- I do think there's a level of uh, charming, like David charming Nolan, who like, just like found out he was Henry's grandpa and like went full grandpa immediately. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. Uh, But he also, like, thinking about his past and stuff, he's just like a – he was a shepherd. Like, at no point were his public speaking skills needed to be honed. And then he was recruited just to be, uh, well, basically someone who may or may not be murdered by a dragon. But also, he wasn't supposed to really talk or do anything. He was supposed to be married away to a daughter and just – Okay, wait. Can we – I'm so sorry. I know this is, like, the fourth digression. And it's just digressions all the way down. But uh, I'm so glad you brought up that episode because in the first season, I was convinced that King Midas was the bad guy for everything. And here's why. (laughs) So King Midas shows up and is just like, so there's this dragon, like, terrorizing my kingdom. And then he basically hires this prince to go take care of the dragon. And then it kind of comes around to be like, thanks, be sure to put that dragon head, like, up on the wall next to all of these other monsters sort of implying that he's like a trophy hunter but he asks other people to do the hunting for him and then he's like by the way here's my daughter please marry her as payment even though i know i've promised you all this gold and uh david's like you know of course stuck right and you know he can't do anything so of course he agrees and then what happens is when um when catherine is like of course, you can, like, you can go. I don't want to marry you either. David goes to rescue the fiancé, uh, does so with a plum by, like, literally killing a thing that has killed so many other dudes. And then King Midas, what, drops the entire contract? Like, by the way, never mind, you don't get my gold, because obviously your prince is no longer marrying my princess. Like, I was convinced, convinced that King Midas had, like, orchestrated this whole thing. Or that Regina, like, was actually King Midas this whole time. Like... <laughs> Dude, that'd have been rad. Like, Right? But, like, I'm sitting here going, what father goes, thank you so much for making my daughter the happiest person in the world when I could do nothing and I'm going to reward you by literally pulling our entire deal? And I was like... One. A bad one. And, like, no wonder King George goes ape. Like, no wonder, like, the whole war happens. And I was like, you know, King Midas, man. That jerk. (laughs) Yeah, and and to to that point, like, a lot of this stuff, like, if you pull back the lens a lot, like, if you would be describing this in a larger scenario, it would be like, okay, why did this war happen? Well, 
a, 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 a marriage was broken up and a deal was was taken back. And like there have been wars started over less. So yeah, yeah I see it. I 100% see it. Like, I, I just, it. I literally, I was doing my own rewatch to prepare for this episode, and I believe the words I wrote down was, hot take, King Minus is the real villain. <laughs> Boy, that'd have been great, like, at the end of season, Wouldn't like, it? seven, and it's just like, aha, it was me, King it Minus, me. the whole time. It was so it's like, Hades rips off his face, and it's just like, it's actually me. It's actually me. It's actually me. I've done everything. Um... I'm yeah, so sorry. So, so we were at no, the surprise no, 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 party. No, no, no. We're at the surprise party. We'll just get to the we'll 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 jump ahead a little bit here. But basically, Regina leaves and she's sad because no one wants to actually talk to her. They yeah. just want to eat the rocket lasagna and then yep. just ignore her. Which, you know what? I don't fault anybody here for that. I mean, she still is the evil queen, and like Emma invited her, and Emma doesn't really know her. We we just we get into that a little through the episode. But she mm-hmm. leaves. Emma's just like, why are you leaving? And she said, and, um, and meanwhile, then, I'm like, Emma, read the broom. Yeah, like, what do you, what do, you do is, like, she, like, you're not going to be, like, taken in by the town and be loved after, like, a day. Like, you also, again, maybe almost murdered us. Like, that Yesterday, people know this stuff. Which I believe people, is what Snow says. Yeah, people know <laughs> this. It's around. They all talk like a, like a freaking sewing circle. But the, the point of this conversation is mostly that Emma just says, oh, Hopper said you'd been doing a lot better, which is what spins a lot of this out of control and she just says i'm gonna leave they kind of have a little back and forth and snap at each other regina apologizes and leaves yeah i do i do think um just it is important to note that their back and forth definitely happens like before mention of dr hopper right um it is definitely a we are trying to communicate about like our son right (laughs) like the fact that he is my son but he is also your son and like trying to you know, do that very realistic, like, we are not a nuclear family and we need to figure out how this works. And snapping when Emma is like, I don't think it's a good, I don't, no. I can't, like, you haven't proven to me that you they, can be around Henry that way. They definitely have, like, a, a separated family situation going on. Like, yes. you would think that, like, they were together when, when Henry showed up and then, like, Emma abandoned them or something. Because the way they're yelling yeah. at each other, they're yelling at, like, the the stereotypical woman who's had to raise a child alone to a dad who has decided to come back and the yep. child likes and because everyone loves something. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just like, you weren't there. You weren't there for 10 years. You're not, you know, you know, it, yeah. it, it's got that parent. dynamic to it. It's got that dynamic to it because yeah, Emma's only real claim to Henry is that a Henry likes her, but B she is technically his birth, birth mother, but right. there's nothing like legally allowing her to do any of this. This is mostly just them being kind of amicable within this like world. Oh yeah. And 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 as a as a as a secondary aside, um uh my uh fiance was adopted and there's a there's a whole moment where I was trying to watch the show with her and she was just like, um yeah, that's not how any of this works. Yeah. Yeah, we we talked about that like if you watch like the Hansel and Gretel episode. It's a Hansel oh, yeah. and Gretel. It's oh, like yeah. that where they're like, This is how we're gonna do it and you're just like, mm, uh, I don't know, not so much, like yeah, we You're had a whole conversation. Liberties, but that's okay. Well, the you know, and we talked about like this like with season one and stuff where they were trying to like emulate the law system of the United States, but yes, no one's enforcing any of it, uh, because they're yes. they're not they have no like you know again there's just like how are they getting resources from the outside world how what is their support system they have one I know they still of- get they still get like newspapers and yeah. they still. You know, like, who delivers the mail? Yeah. Like, There's so many questions on how this all works. So many but questions. Regina probably had it figured out. Yeah. So the next day, Regina confronts Hopper 
mm-hmm. it's just like, excuse me, why are you telling people that I'm seeing you? That's really destroying my street cred. Um, yeah, like, um, it was a very funny conversation where it was just like yeah. doctor patient confidentiality, which also makes sense in a very real scenario of like number one your therapist kind of shouldn't be saying like that and he he's you know tries to defend himself by saying i didn't say anything specific you know just that you said you, you know, were treating her that's the hippo part except like, that like she yeah exactly hippo would have a field day but just like you know except that you were trying which all by itself as we've already covered is not cool but like no. there's a level of uh i think regina definitely is not ready to appear weak Um, Correct. She may be trying to be a good person, but that doesn't necessarily mean she can't, you know, still hold on to, like, this is a strength I've had for a long time of, like, doing things myself and, like, creating my own destiny and these things like that. And seeking help, for sure, in her brain feels like weakness. I'm positive about. Oh, and I think that there's, like, a... It's not bad. Like, it's not something super prevalent throughout the show, so I'm not going to knock it too much, but I think... There's like an early 2000s like menta- like mentality to be like, well, hold, someone's in therapy, cool, like because now it's just oh, like no, everyone. Yeah. We were the strangler, like the yeah. the strands of that were still definitely prevalent. Because you saw now it it's just 90s, like, hey, but... guess what? I ca- I can't talk right now. I gotta go talk to my therapist. You'll never believe what yeah. my therapist told me. Like we all talk about it. Like we're all trying to one up each other on what our therapists talk to us. But so it's like <laughs> it's just a thing of the past now. Be like, oh no, I cried for like an hour with my therapist. I had to pay yeah. an extra hour because I cried. Feel great. <laughs> Tell me more about our therapy sessions. Uh, and Hopper's just like, my Regina's line is my favorite, where he's just like, I got doctor patient confidentiality. And she goes, might I remind you, your, your doctorate, oh, yes. was, your PhD was given to you by a curse. So you are a cricket. You are a cricket, sir. You are bug, not a doctor. Which I think she actually just calls him bug for that he entire exchange. Hey, bug. So Hi, they, bug. Get a, they have a little heated conversation. Uh, Red shows up and is just like running, but she's running weird. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like this actress has never run real. Like I'm out jogging in my life because she looked she had a very Phoebe Buffay and Friends running style to her. It was very strange to me. But she runs up. It's like, oh, is something happening here? And she's like, perfect conversation, dog. And so she just leaves. This cuts to, I'm just going to try to try to bump up a little bit here. But basically, Regina, I'm going to use some air quotes as the, the, the audience knows. Regina is seen walking in a hopper. person with a Regina's person. God. <laughs> uh, we just back one more step but it was definitely uh i love cora and hook on the roof of a building with a parasol with binoculars no one says a thing sorry is she broken yet yeah no she's not it's a hundred percent like they definitely establish that they are watching this entire like regina's entire life basically to to see uh to see exactly where the dam is weakest to like just take a sledgehammer to it yeah uh, so uh, a, a person with Regina's face goes in to Hopper uh, and basically chokes him. He's not none the wiser. Pongo just barks because he's barking mostly because it's Cora and he barks at evil, but he does nothing to stop anything that's happening to Hopper. Uh, he just then waits for Daybreak to then run across the street to <laughs> Granny's. Well, I will say in Pongo's defense, the barking should have been helpful, number one. It's a small town. That's yeah, true. You know. But, uh, but number two, uh, I believe uh, Regina, as we saw her, uh, did put a spell on Pongo to freeze him in place. 
Um, oh, that's which, correct. Okay. Yeah. Which oh, we didn't, okay. We didn't All right. Justice for Pongo. Of course, <laughs> justice for Pongo. But, like, we didn't necessarily see when that spell wore off. And we also, uh, I believe in the middle of the choking, there was, like, a puff of purple. Um, and yeah. then it kind of just cuts away. To, like, the yeah. next day, where Pongo is, like, running to Granny's because <laughs> Pongo knows Ruby understands. Kind that is of. a smart dog. He, uh, th- so this was my favorite part was like we 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 tap the wolf thing but yes. we don't tap it enough that i don't know that it's weird that it's no that that she has a scent she can scent things right could she not smell that it wasn't regina uh by the oh you mean like physically like when they room? go in there and they're like oh regina probably did this because she knew like obviously this might be like a blindside thing where she's not like thinking about doing it but it's just like sure. oh she's a dog she can, can talk she she knows that pongo is upset which i think anyone with a brain would know that pongo's upset uh i know Lassie, which is pongo hilarious is not. to me of like uh, emma even has to be like oh right the wolf thing and i'm like yeah. D- could you not tell that pongo was like barking have like, you ever seen pongo the- running about town by himself no one's heard pongo bark this entire time like pongo <laughs> barking is a problem uh, so they go over there, yeah, Hopper, or what looks like Hopper, is lying dead on the ground. Yes, and, and all of the uh, Hopper-Ruby shippers are devastated in this moment in time. It's just, just crushed, crushed. And so they, they bring Regina in for questioning. They bring her into an interrogation room. And Yeah, I where love... she quips about, like, <laughs> this is a family, I guess the sheriff's office is a family yeah. business now. It's a family so business, like... yeah. Uh, and, and I love this, like, bad cop, worst cop thing that's being played here because it's just like, yeah. Regina, come on, come on, tell, you know, and she's Level trying to get this. her to say it. And then Charming's in the back, like, you killed Hopper. You did it. It was you. There's just, just all the proof of the world. And Regina obviously reacts like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's dead. And obviously looks, you know, a little bit remorseful, which is what Emma picks up on of being like, she's sad that Hopper is dead, but she also didn't know Hopper was dead until they told her. Because yeah. Emma has her I can sense lies superpower. Yeah. Uh, which obviously Charming and Snow almost don't want anything to do with because they're just like, haha, we have been burned before, my dear. Uh, we are your parents and we know more. You are wrong. Yeah. Uh, which is that like classic we're not going to tell you all the ways that the evil queen has like deceived us and or tried to murder us. Like the classic of we're going to leave out some very pertinent information here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was just a, mm, she's pretty bad. Have we done stuff to her back? Kind of, but this is the point. The point is she's kind of a jerk. Yeah. So Emma deduces that it, it you know, like they go to Hopper's office. It looks yes. like Regina's stuff has all gone out of the file and Emma makes the realization that this looks like a frame job. Like she's like, in the real world, you don't find evidence like this. Yeah, um, this is unless a, this the person's a, yeah. a plethora of evidence. Which yeah. the last unless, time we had that in Storybrooke was a frame job, <laughs> right? And it's it's the same thing. Is like even if there is a bunch, it's because that person is sloppy. And if anyone's sloppy, it's not Regina. Regina is anything even, but sloppy. I think even Regina was like, oh my god, that's such shoddy work. How dare you think I would do this? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Excuse me. If if it were if it were him, me. you'd never know where he was. Like. She'd have killed the dog, too. Like, she had no hold bars. Like, Regina, take everybody yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, so Emma believes this, and Emma's just like, well, I'm going to go figure out what it is. She's like, you know who would frame somebody? Rumple. So I we... do, yeah, I go ahead. definitely think, um, uh, I can't remember if Ruby is with them at this point. I think it's Snow, Charming, and Emma. Um, 
and I think Snow has the idea, and I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure your listeners can correct me on this, but uh, I believe one of them says something like, uh, I think Emma says, well, no one witnessed, no, there are no witnesses, so, like, we can't, like, all we have is somewhat circumstantial evidence, and then I believe it's Snow says, well, actually there was, and yeah. uh, I believe that's why they go to Gold, but I may be wrong about that. I think it was, mo- no, because I think it was, they, they realized that Gold would have been the one that framed her. Like, who hates Regina and wants to see oh, her fair. out? Because they don't know that Cora's there. So they go see uh, Gold, and we bust in on kind of, like, it admittedly <gasps> Their a cute moment. They're having kind of like, like, we're going on a picnic. It's going to be adorable. Boom. You killed him. You did it. And it's just, like, it's this, like, nice little pure moment that they're having. Uh, I don't know where they're going or what they're doing, but there's a picnic basket involved, and Emma bursts in. <laughs> Emma just bursts in, and she's like, "Waha!" That's her. So, the, the fandom was always convinced that that was her charming showing. Um, whenever, whenever there were fanfics with like Emma in it, and she did something really impulsive, they were just like, "Oh, your charming showing." Oh, her charming <laughs> showing. That's fair because that's they try to talk her out of it too. While she's like, "Oh, they certainly do." They keep trying to talk her out of doing stuff. They're like, "What are you doing? You can't go up against anybody. Like, you don't know what you're doing." <laughs> so the this this all results in basically. You know, Gold has an alibi. He's like, I wasn't there, but B- Pongo was, so we can, we can, they're like, we won't trust your tricks. And he's like, I'm not going to use magic. You're going to use magic to Emma. And she's like, uh, okay. And we get the first instance of a magic, uh, of a magic dream catcher, which ends up being yes. a through line for the rest of the show. Yes. Uh, especially which in the dark. It doesn't Emma. show up again till season five. Yeah. It's like memories. Uh, which now explains a lot because I forgot about this entire thing with Pongo. Cause yeah. I was like, when did we, when did we establish that, uh, uh, dream catchers did this? And I'm like, now we know, like, it all just clicked in my head. I was like, which oh. is so funny to me because it's like, of course you go back to like the, the initial moment. Yeah. It's like, um, remember we did this one thing. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I'll protect uh, it this time. So Emma basically has to, he runs it down Pongo's back. Because that's right. where all your memories are stored. Uh, takes it down, down back, the spine. Down the spine. Where all the magic is held. It's just like the core of a dog. It's where he holds. It's where their tails wag. So that's where it's connected to the brain. Exactly. Uh, hands a like charged uh, dream catcher to Emma. And I, I, listen, this isn't Emma's, this isn't Jennifer Morrison's fault by any stretch of the imagination. But there's no way to hold a dream catcher and attempt to put magic into it with your brain and that try to look focus. insane. Like, mm, like she is just like trying. Like, I want to do this, but I also don't want to break the dream catcher. So she's uh, yeah. just like closing her arms and making it work. And they yeah, get the, no, yeah. it's it's definitely like a baby's first magic. I know. And oh, and it's so cute. oh man, <laughs> they they get the memory, and the memory is uh, the memory that Pongo sees is. They only watch far enough to see Regina choking Hopper. They yep. don't watch anything else. Snow reacts, and Snow is very upset about this. She gasps. She's upset because it's her friend yes. who has now passed. Well, they've um, essentially watched a snuff film. Exactly. But also in a way that no one's prepared for, because I don't think you ever think to yourself, well, one one day my cricket friend is going to die by being choked to death. You think that your <gasps> cricket friend is going to be... Yeah, your, 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 your cricket friend is going to die by getting smushed by a boot. Or eaten by a bird, <laughs> not choked by a full-grown person. That's um, fair. 
Um, That's fair. So it's definitely escalated. An escalated death, for sure. Yeah. So they, they go, and she's like, I'm going to go confront Regina. And they're like, listen, we can't not just go confront her. You use magic once. You barely knew what you were doing. Uh, they have more magic. We're going to use that magic. And... <laughs> They basically don't say anything. Like they, again, they do another cutaway where you don't know how it got resolved. But basically, the next scene we see is Emma storming Regina's like mansion house. Being like, come out of there! We know what you've done! Yeah, I think... I think So, they, I think it's like storming down the street after getting out of Gold's store. And it's Snow and Charming trying to like hold her back with logic. And I'm like, you should really use your hands for that problem. But fine. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> um, and she's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go, like, arrest Regina, of course. And they're just like, uh, she has magic, you know, yeah. which has basically been the hashtag, she has magic for this entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, he has magic, they have magic, we all have magic. Uh, he, she, it magic. He, she, it <laughs> magic. Um, I do love that this episode sort of drives home the fact that good is reactionary, um, in that you can't, like, th- th- you know, like, Snow and Charming back in the Enchanted Forest can't actually do anything to Regina because they are good people. But it's like, right. we have given you your last warning. If you do it again, then we're going to come after you. Like, that's what Snow says. And, like, the fact that they can't do anything between their wedding day and when the curse is enacted because Good is reactionary and she mm-hmm. actually hasn't done anything to, like, damage this. And right. so, of course, they're going to, like, storm over at Regina's, and they're like, yeah, but she's, like, really super powerful, and, like, we know yeah. she's done something, and we know you want to react, but, uh, be smart about it. We <laughs> we have to, like, catch her in the act. Like, it's a very offense-defense thing. Like, bad is offense, and, like, they're, they're going to start yes. doing stuff. They're storming the castle, but, like, you have, like, good is defending the castle. Like, you can't do anything. Like, you can't be a monster about how you defend the castle. You just have to do yes. your best and hope they give up and leave, I guess. Uh, that's always how that works because this starts establishing the differences between good and bad Um, they start trying to draw a lot of lines which sometimes work sometimes don't Mm -hmm. Uh, but this this scene with Regina and Emma I love because Jennifer Morrison cranks it up to 11 and like when she turns and screams at Regina at a certain point I it was so raw it drove me like it was just like this is insanity like it's such a like this we're going along we're going along and then this scene happens Yes. It is two parents fighting over a, over the soul of a child, being like, I have to tell him that you murdered a friend of his, and I, I, I'm not built for this. I'm not built for this. You don't get to come anywhere near him. How dare you? Like, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Oh, no. It's it is very it is 100%, intense scene. It's 100% the, the, and, you know, this is the great thing about Emma, is she's always so tightly controlled, because she usually runs. Like, this is not her element to, like, but confrontation is not right. her element. So when she is confronted with a thing that she believes strongly about, she just she she just she drops it all. She drops those bombs and they just go off. Uh, and I think the only other time we really get to see that is at the end of season one, where she suddenly believes and understands everything and like tells Regina like he ate that apple turnover and now you have you and I have to deal with the consequences, you know. Um, and meanwhile, poor Henry's in a coma. Like she just she she has no no middle ground, yeah. <laughs> where her son is concerned, yeah. And I think she also like as a person, and she talks about this later. But 
she doesn't think that she's cut out for this because one of the things Emma doesn't really like dealing with is a lot of oh, the, 100%. a lot of the big shit. So she 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 runs from that stuff because she doesn't trust herself because being that angry and being that mad like in the both times she's been like that to Regina, it's a vulnerability. Yes. Like you can't be that mad because she's out of control. Like she has yes. lost control of her own senses. Um, like in a good way. Like you, you like it. You like because you're seeing this very raw thing. But to be fair, oh, we, that, that we is something that can be exploited. <laughs> yeah, but that can be exploited. Like anyone that can be cranked up that that tightly can yes. be exploited. Um, and so like she doesn't like doing that. She likes to be calm, controlled. And if she doesn't like what's going on, she just leaves. And she doesn't leave. She faces down Regina. And then they yell, now, and Mother Superior slash Blue comes out of nowhere and kind of like overhand girly tosses a, a thing of magic that Regina immediately catches. It is. It's like a weird softball Ugh. throw. Yeah. It's like, ugh. And Regina catches it and it was just like, eh, 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 you think you can stop me? Throws it on the ground and then disappears. I know. Like, that's it's, the ending. It's the, it's the like, you really thought you could do this again. And I'm just like, friends. It's like good is apparently reactionary, but good also doesn't learn from their dang lessons. No, yeah, they 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 are not very good tactical like offense people. Like it's just one of those. No. Well, what if we just because most of their plans, the ones that work, are the ones that they make up in the heat of a moment, and most of the time it's always, you know, we're gonna do this plan, and everyone's saying don't do the plan, but then the plan works. But if they all agree on the plan, it never works. Like, it's just... No, you need to keep a minimum of one person in the dark on your plan. That's how you guarantee it works. That, that's that is, how it works. That is plot writing. Exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't work. Regina leaves. And this is basically the the last... Like, there's, there's two little endings here. The first one is the mm-hmm. fact that Emma has to tell Henry that Hopper has, has died. And yeah. that Regina is the suspect. Uh, because they obviously don't have her they didn't catch her she disappeared and it's this very touching moment of like henry getting off the bus and emma Mm -hmm. taking him to the park bench to tell him they don't give us that conversation we just get to see it through regina watching it in the mirror yeah and And regina also just having having a bad day (laughs) yeah because regina is upset because she's like now my son thinks i'm a murderer like i am a murderer but i didn't kill that guy like not that time yeah exactly i would never kill uh, my son's therapist like i know like same thing like i mean it's the it's the it's that um uh, which uh you guys have already watched i think it was episode four or five with uh the like i took so many hearts i lost track of yeah. like we eventually become our parents oh yeah 100 like, oh, no. i like the idea that she's like quietly gaslighting herself being like did i kill hopper did I kill Hopper? I, might I mean, I could see, have. I mean, I wanted sounds to, like some, but like I did. Sounds this. like something I would do. <laughs> Honestly, can't really blame them, but I'm going to blame them anyway exactly. because I'm never to blame. <laughs> so we get that little ending and that's, uh, that's, that's where that sh- ends up. But then we get this little scene at the end where oh, and Hook is just, just, just real oh, quick before we get to the final, final moment. Uh, I do just want to call back to what you were talking about before also with the like those hard conversations because just before she talks to Henry... There is definitely a moment between her and her parents of being like, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, Regina is essentially right. I've been his mother for like five whole minutes. And Charming has to say, I was your father for five minutes. Yeah. Like, this is this is who you are. We're family. We have these tough conversations. And like, we do what we can. And we try yep. to we try to mitigate as much as we can. But sometimes you just have to talk about it. 
Yeah. And I love that they drop these hard truths on each other of just like, we're not perfect. We're all imperfect. But like, that's what family does. We just try our best to make this as perfect as possible and to understand yeah. each other where we fail. And and they have a really good point. I do like that Emma that points out in that conversation too. She's like, yeah, but what if I revert to who I was? Right. You know, because she, a person that would run from this, but she won't run from Henry. And they know that they, she won't run from Henry. But exactly. the other part of this that they never really say, but I think that they do imply where it's just like, okay, well, if you're not going to be the one that does it, who does it? Who yeah. do you want this coming from? And that's what Emma ends up saying to Henry is being like, I want to be the yeah. one that tells you. Yeah. Which I think was the unspoken part of that conversation that she picks up on because they're family. Because they're also, family. Je- uh, Jennifer uh, Goodwin, by the way, this whole episode, 10 out of 10. Uh, yes. Her, like, turtleneck situation <laughs> yes. thing that she got going Love this. Love this with the short hair. Oh, my God. She looks like she's going to have an art opening later. Like, I love I this know. so much. She she looks like she's got all, she's got all her ducks in a row. She's, oh, like, yeah. just she's, ready. She's like, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. I'm cool. Um, so they have that scene. Uh, so, but then we get, I love the idea that Hook has done nothing. And he also is not on his ship. He's just sleeping on the dock and no one has said anything. And no one said anything. They were like, just, it's yeah. just, Hook is just there. Hook is there. He's just <laughs> existing. He's like laying on it's the thing. It's been what, court. three days? Two days? Three or two or three. Something two like that. Two or three. And like, you know, if workers are coming, going, you assume he's eaten at some point. Like... Like it's just—is he like, just fish frying it up from the straight up from the water? Like. Oh goodness! Yeah, he so he's laying there, and, and Cora's just like, "Hey!" And like, "Get, get wake up!" She's like, "Don't worry, my daughter is fully broken. I framed her for murder." And Hook, mom of the year, way to go! Uh, <laughs> Great job. When when do you help me? Because of course, Hook is just extremely yeah. motivated by that. Exactly. He's like, "I don't care about your weird broken daughter that you're tricking by being a lunatic." Uh, and he's like, she's like, well, come on to the ship. I have someone. I have uh, a present for you. I have you. a present for you, and they are in the hold of your ship. Um, I've seen this before, and both times, even the first time I watched it and this time when I watched it, I thought it was going to be a different person for some reason. Did you really? Who did you I think thought it was going to be? I thought it was going to be Belle. I thought it was going to be Belle. And I was like, they are not going to capture that poor woman again and hold her again. Like, she cannot be imprisoned <laughs> again. I'm going to lose my mind. Because I forgot I mean, that Hopper's not actually just dead. Foreshadowing. I just, I'm just projecting that I'm just mad about the fact that Belle has spent most of her adult life it confined. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I think we're all mad about that. Yeah. We all, so we're all mad about that. They, this is the part where they get on the ship with neither of them look. Like, there's no, like, feeling around for the ship. They, they just, just know where it is. <laughs> like, I think Cora can probably maybe see it. Like, it's her magic so she can sense it. But, like, Hook just gets on the ship he's just like ah whatever uh they get on there and they open the hole and it is hopper hopper is in the uh in the in the brig or whatever he's all tied up and she's like look he will help you uh do everything that you need to do blah 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 blah. and i the the best line in this was the exchange was hook going but didn't you kill him yeah but i made the body look like him who did you kill? I don't know. I've only been in this town for like a day. I haven't met everybody. I just killed I can't somebody. be expected to know everybody I kill. <laughs> so so in like the course of 48 hours, Cora has fish someone, fished someone and then she yes. murdered somebody else. Straight up murdered someone else. Chill and I mean out. choked, like choked Hopper and then basically transported him to the ship. Like, Which, yeah. <laughs> it's, that, that's 
not great either. <laughs> no, no, also not great. And then she she throws Pongo, who was probably scared and probably had to go pee or something. So also not great. Also not uh, great. Yeah. So Cora shows up and is just like immediately just like going bananas and good for Cora. All yeah, no, while carrying Cora, a parasol. I, I can't be right. <laughs> I can't be positive. But by the way, Barbara Hershey is just living her best life as yes. Cora. Like, like I, there's no doubt in my mind that she's just like, oh, I get to be like a bad guy in a soap opera and I get to be like a magician and like <laughs> conniving and weird and laugh funny. Like she's she's 100 percent here for it, um, which also I do think the uh, woman who plays younger Cora, Rose McGowan, also is living her best life later on in the series. Um, I just feel like Cora is such a fun, needy character. But like, I also want to draw attention to the fact that I think this is the only time one of these deals has actually paid off. Like, where someone has gone, let's make a deal, because we're both doing these ruthless things, and we're both going to actually get something out of this. And, yeah. like, Cora actually made Hook wait and was like, no, trust me, wait, I got this. I know what's going to happen. It's fine. And then, like, kill, quote-unquote, kills Archie, transfers him to the ship, takes the notes, which, if she's smart, she also took the Henry notes, and, like, and Regina's notes, and is like, here, grill him about gold, because he knows everything about the time. I probably saw a freaking file in there that also was, like, gold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just clear them out. <laughs> oh, 100%. Cora is the only one doing any work here. Like, again, gold yeah. and Rumpelstiltskin, they play everything. Cora doesn't do that. Cora no. is playing Cora one is specific Cora. game. Cora is playing one game, and she's playing it better than anybody that's ever played it before. Yes. Um, she is doing like a, some five head plays like Rumple wins because Rumple's putting his money on every number and every color, which it has its successes and has its, I, I assume that Rumple has all kinds of deals that got half made that didn't yes, pan out I to anything to the greater, this. that didn't get panned out to any sort of greater deal. So, which is fine. That's, that's the way he plays it. And he's good at it because he can transport himself from place to place and he is an immortal <laughs> yeah, being. He just so he's got out. all the time in the world. Cora doesn't have this kind of time. Cora has right. to just, she's got tunnel vision. It's just like, these are the things that I'm going to do. And for better or worse, Cora's entire mode of operation or modus operandi is torture my daughter. Um, and later daughter. Well, because don't you know it's her life? <laughs> oh, we're all just living in Reg it. Reg yeah. <laughs> like Re Regina is always just living Cora's life and Cora is just upset and just wants it back sometimes, but also wants to make Regina like suffer for not being her. But also like, I appreciate how complicated she is while also being extremely simple. Like, she will make it, and, and she will make this clear, and I'm not going to jump ahead too far, but, like, she is out for her own game, and that's it. Yep. Like, she knows what she wants. She had a tough life before. She'll never go back there again. She knows what she wants, and she knows where she's going. And there's a part of you that kind of has to respect that, but also be like, wow, are you really bad at also getting what you want? Yeah. Like... <laughs> Well, you there's try. some point where you just get blindsided by like, like you want to do some things and you're trying to do those things, but if you're not looking at the bigger picture, which Cora typically isn't, Cora yes. is looking at like, like had she looked at the bigger picture with Regina when she was funneling her into this relationship with this old king from the West Wing, <laughs> it, 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 she might have had a little which, bit of a better plan. Like, <laughs> I will have uh, opinions uh, in those later episodes once we get to them, but um. 
I have opinions because there are relationships that are not even addressed in that initial episode. And you know why, because it's like, well, we haven't written that yet. But I'm also right. sitting here going, there are histories that no one is talking about. And I have questions. And like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you rewatch no. the show and you go, this meeting is weird. Yeah, no, it's it's that's that's a whole rewatch. That's how that's been going for us completely. So that is episode ten of season two, Cricket yes. Game, uh, into the second half of season two, when we've got we're we're all full aboard back to Storybrooke. Uh, our flashbacks are now just to the past as opposed to. It was a little complicated in the beginning of this because it was like, okay, there's Storybrooke, then there's the Enchanted Forest, and then there's the past. And every once in a while, they made us juggle all three of them. Luckily, it was just two as we come back and get our yeah. feet back into this. Um, they, they're definitely going to drop us back into the into the formula that we're familiar with from season one, where it's like right. we are only telling you two storylines. Yes. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. So, I honestly, we covered so much of that. This was an amazing conversation. Uh, I do think it's funny if you guys haven't been able to tell already, you and I have very um, similar conversation styles and um, we both like go off the rails together. So together we are going to make this the longest podcast imaginable. Like I, <laughs> welcome I will, to I will Abby personally and- try to rein this in. I promise. No, 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 no. It, <laughs> Don't unless, you dare. <laughs> unless someone writes me a very strongly worded letter. I had a great time. This was just like one extended episode of Abby's fan fiction corner, quite frankly, um, <laughs> which again, I am so excited. Uh, a, thank you so much for coming on. You guys will be hearing some more from the lovely joy. Um, we do have some other people on. It was my pleasure. Uh, we have some other people like, like that may or may not be coming in. Like I said, the, this was all a bit of a surprise. So we are, we are getting our footing here. Uh, but if you would like to follow us on our social medias, you guys can join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing or OUA timing on Twitter. Uh, I am personally at just underscore Abby on Twitter. Uh, Joy, do you have anything that you would like to plug or any place people can find you and stalk you and see your internet thoughts? Oh, sure. Yes, please. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at, at Jawberry, J-A-W-B-E-R-R-Y. And uh, I actually published a book this year in the year of our Lord COVID pandemic 2020, uh, which is um, inspired by my favorite ship from this show. So I hope you guys check that out. Uh, the book is called Powerless We Obey under the pen name Janice Archen. And uh, I'll be sending over a link so that you guys can hopefully find it in the description. Yes, I will definitely put it in the show notes for everybody. Um, like I said up at the top, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure my plan is going to be to suspend our Patreon for the time being just to make sure that we don't uh, get into any, like, icky water. I don't want to burn anybody on, like, the, while, we, while we navigate these waters. But for right now, we do have our snow queens, and my computer has gone to sleep, so I'm going to vamp here for a second. Uh, uh, Blake Brinkley, Brian Sanina, Jacob Fulkalt, Lindsay Alice, Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, and Zach Chobanov. You guys are the best. Um, I will definitely be putting something on the Patreon page so we can kind of discuss that some amongst ourselves or maybe also on the Facebook page. And other than that, we will be back in two weeks from today discussing our next episode, The Outsider, which I think is Neil. Is it Neil? I don't remember. I'm going to guess and just speculate that it was Neil. <laughs> I mean, or it's, e- or it's Ethan Embry. It's, or it's Ethan Embry with that whole like weird side plot about them trying to just... I, I don't remember the Ethan Embry plotline at all. 
I just don't. That's okay. I just we're, I just... we're starting to get into what I call the half plot lines of Once Upon a Time, where they'll they'll pick up something and drop it pretty quickly. So hopefully, hopefully we can uh, stick with a couple of things for the next few episodes. <laughs> yeah, this back half is very like growing pains of them trying to like get where they needed to go. So anyway, mm-hmm. thank you again, Joy, for joining us. And we will talk to you all in a couple of weeks. See you later, Joy. See you later, Abby. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.